What you know about that? <laughs> I was like, is anybody gonna say anything? <laughs> what you know about that? This the cr- yeah, let him start his episode. Oh man. This is how he's doing it. Let him know. <laughs> Nothing about this, but this is hard. I like it. It's a vibe. No? I'm about to seduce somebody with this. Yes. I'm swinging my hips. I see it. <laughs> Who is this? This is Smooth and Terrell. S M O O V. You got to put Terrell on there. S M O O V. Smooth. Back it up, Terrell. Put it in reverse. That smooth. Okay. I thought you were going to play something black. <laughs> What's going on? Welcome back to the Men on the Internet podcast. As always, we have the Loud of Hell, <laughs> Kelvin Joseph. <laughs> and as always, we have the partner in the orange, the street cone, Sunil. <laughs> King of the boys. Hey. Yes. And I'm the engineer, Chris. What's going on? What's how's everybody doing? Uh, pretty good, tired a little bit, but you know what? The show is here. We're on, we're rocking. And you? I'm chilling. I, I had a little shindig last night. I saw oh. Frank. I saw a uh, bunch of old friends. So you, I saw on something, you were hanging out with people that you went to high school with. And yeah. you were like really focused on your high school. Or was it your frozen yogurt or something? Everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris was like, but this frozen yogurt, though, hit kind of different right now. You are remember you, this? Are you sure that was me? Yeah, because <laughs> you would just, maybe it was a can of tuna. I don't know. But you would just like really into a, yeah, it. Yeah, I like to sit in the streets and eat tuna <laughs> from the can. That is, that does sound like some Chris. That Chris sounds style. like he was no. really into it. He, oh, no, that was uh, Friday night or Thursday night. Um, I ran in, yeah, my friend was in town from the Bay. And yeah. went to go hang out and we had ice cream. It was um after his ice cream, it was pretty good. Oh, okay. But last night I had some other friends over too from, Here? from high school too. Yeah. We were all oh, in the backyard. What'd you guys do? Uh we just sat around, we played uh Rage Cage. I don't know if y'all play Rage Cage. Is that a video game? No, it's a drinking game. Oh you oh drinking course was back? Yeah. How are you awake right now? We all vexed. Vaxed and waxed. I wasn't thinking about that at all. Okay. I just know that when Chris drinks Oh, the hip swing! Yeah, oh, no, I didn't get out. I didn't get super drunk actually. Oh, you you have evolved. I, yeah, I'm I'm classy now. Mm, excuse me, were you drinking tequilas? No, I had uh, Modellas though. Oh my! <laughs> That's how you know it's gonna be a mellow night. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, I had yeah. Modellas, it's cool. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. There, There's another drink that I I, I Tecate. Man, I had tecate? a horrible time off some Tecate one time. Really? Oh yeah. Did you like it? No. Uh, it was just a little too carbonated for me. Yeah. I also uh, scraped the side of my car that day. That'll do it. If Tecate Alicia is listening to this, she knows that night. It was a legendary <laughs> night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Sunil? What you been up to? Um, this week I was just chilling. Nothing too exciting. Happy yeah. Father's Day to everybody that's out there. That's a father. Yep. Yo, y'all gotta stop texting me. Happy Father's Day. I'm not a dad. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm everybody's big bro, but I ain't your daddy's. So. Kind of chillax on that. I tried to hook up with Sunil ten times this week. I went to his job ninety times, oh. and I, and I walked in there confident, chest out, nipples poking, yes. and yes. I went in there and I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna just go to Sunil's office." They're like, "He's not here. He's not here at all." And then I hit Sunil. I be, "Yo, where you at?" And he was like, "I ain't working today." 
And so I went back the next day. He, they were like, he's not here. I was like, I took a personal day, my man. <laughs> I was so upset. Why I was don't like, you just tell me you need you needed me for something, and then I would have no, made I like, things up. I like to be popping up. The real secret: he hasn't worked there for thirty years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a job I've had for six months. I haven't worked there for thirty years. So technically correct, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I try to pop up on him, but uh, there's also another reason. Some of them girls over there who who work there, like I like to just you know have them see me. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Sounds so creepy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just like to be present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only because only because there's only two girls there that are under the age of 30 and everybody else is over the age of probably like 45. That's how I like them. <laughs> Sugary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, actually, I just went for Sunil. But it, it'd be like random times. You know, like in your week where it's like you have things that are planned and then they like go too long or too short. So that's like your time to go do stuff. That's why it's yeah, hard for me to plan pocket. things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'd be popping up on Sunil trying to see. Sometimes I bring him donuts. You've never brought me donuts once. I eat them in the car. Oh, Down okay. The way. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, Kelby would be the type of person to try to make some kind of like grand gesture, but then just keep it to himself. <laughs> no, it's still not, try to take credit for actually doing thing, something. Though. Yeah, you it do definitely. Do that. So like, Wait, no, I, mean, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> That's not what I meant. It's, it's, like, it's like, yo, not I brought, I brought way. this girl flowers. But and then I just kept them in the car. I just left them in my car and saved them for Mother's Day. Yeah. No, but the, the worst part about it is sometimes I have, like, done something, but then the person's not there, mm-hmm. you know? But then it's like you can't get credit for it. Because I need my credit. You know, if I if I did it, then, <laughs> yeah. I, then let me know I got it. But they're, like, not there or, you know, I didn't tell them that I was going to do. And, I, like, sometimes it's a spontaneous thing. But that's thing. how you do it, though. That's You specifically, you, like, surprise your support. Yeah, 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 You don't yeah, tell yeah. them you're showing up, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're there. And you're yeah. like, oh, kill me. Exactly. But that's, like, I don't know if I'm really going to go. I don't know if I'm going to support you. I don't know. Right. So when I get there, I'm surprised, too. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, I made <laughs> I'm it. I'm glad Kelby told the truth because. We made it. <laughs> it really more about just like he don't want to commit to nothing. <laughs> this is true. I don't know if I can do this. But if I do do it, you better he be said, happy. said, I don't know if I can. Th- that Change that can to want to. I don't know if nah, I want to do nah, it. <laughs> nah, because I do a lot of things I don't want to do. You know, like I probably need to stop doing that. You know, like I still cut some people's hair. You, but you don't want to cut hair anymore. I would say most of the time I don't want to. Oh. You know, I do enjoy it while I'm doing it, but it the idea of it is like, ugh, is it just because they're used to you cutting it? Yeah, so exactly. But even sometimes like it's that just price. like no, no, because like <laughs> it, I think I think even sometimes it's just me like not wanting to disappoint somebody. So I'll just be like, sure, oh, yeah, like I'll do on. it. But like. When I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, I so enjoy this. But then when I'm thinking about it, oh, can I get a haircut Friday? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess so. Sure. You know, but that's how it is. Like, I think soon I need to learn boundaries. Like, I'm going to start saying no to things. Say no. No means no. Healthy boundaries, man. Yeah. It's important. Going back to last week's topic of self, self-care. self Boundaries are important. Meg Miller has a song about self-care. Meg Miller does? Is it on the I last album? Self care. Yeah, the last album is so good. I love the last album. It's real, real good. Recipes, Mac Miller. All right, what has been going on this week? Oh, happy Juneteenth! It's uh, we're yes. a little bit late on that, but enjoy. 
Uh, my Juneteenth, you guys do anything special? Um, I thought deeply about Juneteenth. Wow. And I liked every post that somebody said, Happy Juneteenth. Damn. That, real changes. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> what do you think about the whole, like, just, I guess, um, the two days of Twitter went crazy because of, um, you know, obviously the government making Juneteenth a federal federal holiday. What do you feel about the back and forth? I didn't. I didn't really see the back and forth. Oh man! But um, I did. I didn't know about Juneteenth growing up. I didn't know about it. I learned um, about Juneteenth last year. I learned about Juneteenth about ten or twelve years ago or so when I moved to LA. That's when I learned about it. Um, I, I feel like Juneteenth is a, it's a little bit of a weird holiday. Um, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it because I feel like most white holidays are are due to victorious activity. So it's like mm. a white person does something that's incredible and then we cherish it. Mm-hmm. But then this one is not something that a black person did that we are cherishing. It's like, like we stop doing something bad. So I'm just kind of like, it it doesn't give me a sense of like power as being a black person. It Mm -hmm. just gives me like, okay, I I guess like, it's kind of weird to, Mm -hmm. it's a weird thing for me to like wrap my head around. Um, But I still, I still get it. Like, I still feel the, like, validation of independence and, like, the joy of it and all that. But I just don't get a sense of victorious activity from it. Like, Black History Month is all victorious things, you know? It's like, we created this. We overcame that. We did this. We did. But this one, it was just, like, not as, like, we didn't do anything. Yeah, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, years and years down, I think these holidays kind of just turn into car days for car salesmen to make car, money. Like, well, yeah, they they turn into more of just like, uh, bullet points. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can ask people what veterans day is and they won't even know what, what veterans day is or, right. or they get the, the Memorial day veterans day presidents. They like all these things. Like they just are days off for a lot of people. Yeah. And, um, I think with Juneteenth, like, um, I think it's important. It, I mean, if it wasn't for it coming up last year, I, I think a lot of people that are, aren't, you know, in the black community never get exp- exposed to this. Like it was just like a black thing. So you know, I was speaking to my black friends they're like, oh, yeah, we we always knew about it. It was just like a black thing. Now, like so white people are, you know, jumping on board and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but, uh, you know, the the conservative queen, C.O., Candace Owens, oh, she went in. What did she say? Saying that it's lame. It's just another way for Democrats to like, you know, probably some plantation talk and all that kind of stuff like she usually does. But <laughs> Azalea Banks came at her. What did she say? Basically, she put this long Instagram post uh, talking about how uh, bec- her mentality actually, if it, if based off of her logic and then, you know, played out this whole scenario about like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if we want to read it on air, but whatever. But it was just like, um, it was just going at Candace Owens. And like Candace Owens, I think, is exposing herself like bigly this year. 
as far as just not being like she's she's getting a lot of people coming at her about like do you speak for the black community and you don't have any black friends you speak mm-hmm. for the black community and you're never around the black community like hey, let me ask you guys this real quick did you see a picture of kamala in the room with all of her friends and there was like no black people in there you saw that i mean she's only half right well at least you recognize that because mm-hmm. the other <laughs> half is the other half is me that's it. <laughs> She's our chi- our child. So um, I don't I don't think uh, Candace is necessarily right and or wrong on that. Uh, there there is a lot of signaling that comes from our politicians. They do a lot of that, like um, virtue signaling. Yeah, they they do a lot of this like theatrics to show that they care and stuff like that. But like, if you really think about it deeply just for like seven seconds um last year uh 26 million people walked the streets yelling and screaming about george floyd and about how you know uh, activity with black people and police um was you know wrong and, and it didn't make any sense needed and, to be reformed and it needed to be reformed and 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 everybody has an opinion about that you know there are some people who are right about maybe it doesn't need to be or 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 there and there are people who are right about maybe it does need to be but at the end of the day uh seven or eight months later there was a rise in attacks against asian people and they got legal um mm, they got legal representation as far as stopping Asian hate. Uh, and, yeah, they passed anti, the bill, you know, anti-Asian. And all that stuff. And it happened so quickly. And yet, and so it kind of gives you this like sour feeling of like, okay, you're going to give us Juneteenth, which again, like I said, like for me, when I think about it, it's not a victorious moment of something that black people did that overcame something it, you know it, in fact it, it kind of like makes me feel a little bit weird about the situation because the emancipation proclamation happened two years prior to that and there's and so these people in galveston texas just didn't even hear about it and they were just told like hey you're free you know so it's like it's this like weird white savior type moment for me where i'm just like Ugh. I don't know. Like, I, I'm happy that, you know, the, the last slaves were freed, but at the same time, like, you know, so when, when you think about that, it's like, okay, we, we, you, you fought for a day for all Americans to have off or to celebrate or whatever. But when 26 million people asked for some sort of reform, some sort of actual representation in the current modern day legal sense uh that just kind of went you know so i i can't say that candace owen is all the way wrong um but i don't necessarily think that it was i I don't know what she said she wrong no she she, she's not all the way wrong if if what you're saying is like they're just posturing like yeah there is some of that so is she though well sure they all do so this is what the, the yeah, I mean, she's not. But what I'm saying is not she's not all the way wrong, wrong, but she's not all the way it. right either. She's wrong if th- she's right if this is it. Like if if all you know all the obviously last year there was a conservative effort by, um, you know, black people, black celebrities to get out and vote for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. You know, Charlemagne interviewed. LeBron James did all the whole NBA did their whole thing like 
And um, the point, the the goal was that, you know, Joe Biden is going to do a lot, do different things and help out the black community. If all they got after all of this was a, a new holiday in Juneteenth, yeah, that's lame, right? Right. But the you know, let's. I would hope that this is just one of many things that are going to happen. Yeah, to I mean, help he out just became president. I, I, let me not say that because a lot has happened in the seven or eight months that he's been been president, and so I, I'm not going to quickly say, well, that's all we get, right? But. Um, it just doesn't feel right. Like it, it feels like the it feels like the idea of Juneteenth again for me. You know where it's not a victorious moment. Like I just I just don't feel like we've we as a people did something for ourselves that changed um that changed our perspective in the in in our community, in our country and all that kind of stuff. So it's like nice, but I don't know. Like I, I have this sense of, um, of being underwhelmed. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what this feeling is, you know? I mean, what holiday is a victorious moment that we celebrate? Well, I think that July 4th is a very victorious pro-American, you know, holiday. And I don't hate July 4th either. You know, I, I, because I remember last year, July 4th, there was this like mega anti July 4th um, sense. Um, but, you know, I do respect the country and, and I understand like like there's no nation that's without sin, you know, and and, and all that kind of stuff. And I do respect where I live and, I, and you know, I, I want everybody to have the ability to be happy where they live and to live the best possible life and stuff like that. And I respect um, uh July 4th because of the ideas that were set forth in 1776 still have the ability to come to to power today. You know, even if it takes a long time, it we are still making concerted effort today to make where we live the best place that it could possibly be. And I still think that in the future it could still be that way and we're well on our way. Um but I think July 4th is like that. President's Day is like that. I think Memorial Day is like that. I think uh, I don't know if President's Day is President's Day is more of like people, right? It's not necessarily like a victorious thing. Like mm. I said, Memorial Day isn't necessarily a victorious thing. It's remembering people that have died for our country. Sure, but that's that's because I, I think of it that way mainly because we put so much emphasis and so much um, uh, respect on our on our soldiers and and people of the. Um, in the, in the military and all the, the branches that I think that when you are a fallen soldier, that's so victorious, like you died prote- defending and protecting your country, that that's not just something that's just like overseen. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? I think Juneteenth is important because it's the, um, I guess one of the, it's like the final step or ac- the Emancipation Proclamation actually coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a, I think an important thing to commemorate because mm-hmm. you know that's basically the last of the slaves, right? Yeah. Even though they were already free, you know, back in there there's no Twitter, there's no Instagram, there's not like right. the message <laughs> didn't get out to them. So to be told that, you know, and unfortunately it took to unfortunately it took 400 years, you know, but whatever the case may be, that date mm-hmm. is a is a great way of commemorating or at least remembering that hey, 
this emancipation proclamation that is geared to making everybody equal that wasn't like a the most horrible sin that america has ever done to try to correct that and this is coming to fruition i think it is a it is an important day and i think i, it's, agree, I agree with that it is an important day f- because like i said it, it's not nationally taught like i never learned about juneteenth in school mm-hmm. and to now take it from something that i didn't know to something that the whole country is now going to be um forced to uh, remember at least once a year um, I think is important I think that that I think that it, it commemorating something like that all of the stuff that's going to come out so you know June ni- June 19th is going to be a day where there's probably going to be this type of inf- like movies put, put made about it or or like um, you know they're going to do uh, like TBS is going to have uh, one of their marathons of, right. of you know, it's important right. to keep that in, in the, in the front of the mind of, uh, of our nation to let them, to let us know one where, where we came from as far as mm-hmm. the negativity of that. And also how far we've come. Commitment from to change, commitment yeah. to growth. Because there hasn't really been, to be honest, like thinking back, we don't have anything to commemorate. We don't commemorate the Emancipation Proclamation. We don't commemorate um, the Civil War. We don't commemorate like all of these steps that we've taken to get rid of this horrible sin. Mm-hmm. So I think it is important to have a day because it is such a big part of our our history mm-hmm. to not have one day that represents that we've we've um, we got rid of it and. The like you said so eloquently, like that which this country was created upon, or the values that this country was created upon, to actually that's a huge step forward in making it the truth of what our country is actually about. I think it's an important day to commemorate. I I agree with that. Um, I think I think that uh, when it comes to negative things that's happened in countries. Everybody takes a different approach, right? There are some countries who have done horrific things. And they kind of just say, like, that is left in the past, right? Like, I think Germany does not celebrate anything Holocaust-ish, right? right? Like, they don't, they're just like, we're not talking about it. Like, maybe they learn about it, but they're not commemorating anything about it. They're not commemorating when they stop. They're not commemorating, none of that stuff. It's just like, that's the past done. But I think here in the United States, like, that was the mentality for a while, which kind of made it feel like, because we don't talk about it, maybe it just means like it didn't happen. Um, so I, I do think it's important um, that we we think about, it, especially since it's a hot subject and hot topic um, today. Um, I, I, think I just think the, just like, the timing is a little unsettling. You know, well, I, it, I don't know. This I, is the time know. to be able to do it just because of, you know, the politi- political dynamic. But I think it's different in Germany because I, I don't know too much, so I could be completely wrong, but I don't think the Jewish community in Germany is that big. You know what I mean? Like the, the, all the, the, the Jewish people in Germany left. You know what I mean? And there, I don't think there's a huge Jew. I don't know. Maybe there is. But I know in this country, it's not like um, slavery ended and then all those people left. Mm. They're still here. The descendants are still here. Like, you know, it's still the um, integration happened and all this kind of stuff, all that stuff is still around. So the people that um, 
like black people that actually look at that and be like, this is a huge day for us that, you know, the last of the slaves um, realized that they were free. I think it's important because that is still a part of our history and that it, it represents people that are still here. Whereas maybe um, if there was a larger Jewish community in Germany that were like, no, we need to commemorate, mm-hmm. you know, that the not like Nazis were gone and all this kind of stuff. Maybe it would be more important there, but maybe th- those people aren't, necessarily there needing that representation or there in that country they probably you know left and scattered and right don't trust yeah. being in that country so i think it's a little different in that sense i i think it's just all all approach like how do you want to deal with something you know uh, for somebody who's gone through trauma not to say that i'm talking about myself but like there are some people who lock things out of their brain mm-hmm. right and they're just like that didn't happen or don't remember it or anything like that and there's other people who fully embrace it and they try to grow on top of it and they you know all that kind of stuff so i think that i think that the this country has just done things taking two approaches one that's like hey that's done we left it in the past and then people who are like mm, i don't know i actually think that we need to take a more on the nose approach to it so again I, I do think that it's it's a it's a great moment for us to think upon and to remind ourselves that you know i i always hear like nothing has changed like that's a it's a very popular thing in the black community like things have changed but nothing has truly changed and it's like i think that uh sometimes we have to take these moments into consideration and just just remember like what are we fighting for incremental change um it's a it's a a every single day thing where you know we don't want to look back at 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 yesterday and say like everything is the same as yesterday like if you put your work in every single day to make sure that life is fair life is um okay life is equal and there's equal opportunity for everybody in this country um then down the line in the, the next generation will have an easier better happier life so that's something that i i take away uh from juneteenth and it makes me happy to think about yeah i'm i'm all for it and you know unfortunately it became political like everything else in this climate but Mm -hmm. seems like a a time where you know all of us as a as a country can get behind something that is actually a positive thing you know that Mm -hmm. you know the last the the last these people that still thought that they weren't free actually were educated that they were free which is amazing that Mm -hmm. they became you know i could only imagine like what that feeling was like for those those people in Galveston and this is something that Texas has celebrated for decades Mm -hmm. so it's good that the you know the rest of the country is getting on board I I see nothing wrong with it I understand you know how it's being framed by you know a certain side of politics but anytime on Twitter I see somebody say the Democrats or all Democrats or they say all Republicans I automatically tune out because that's a, that's agenda. That's a grifter. That's how you could spot a grifter when they mm. say the Democrats want or the Republicans want you're grifting mm. because none of that, that's party over people. No, we're here for the people. Like, right, right. so, yeah. Yeah. So did you guys do anything? We well, already talked about that, but you know, let's go back to what we did for Juneteenth. Oh, well, my bad. <laughs> Chris had his friends over. I did. You Twittered. My bad. I forgot. Yo, but um, I was going to say uh, another thing happened this week. Uh, I think there was a George Floyd statue that was oh, unveiled. I that. Yeah, I saw that. How would you feel about that? How do you feel, Chris? 
<laughs> what's gonna be? <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to feel about that. Um, it, where is it put up? It's put up in a city. I think it's in New Jersey. I, I want to say. I'm not sure. I thought that was kind of strange. Why? Um. It's just, you know, like I think it's a little bit of. I think it's just a lot of hypocrisy, right? So a year ago, we were, um, as a country, ripping down statues of, um, you know, our people like that were historic figures because of evil that they may have done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously George Floyd, in my mind, did not deserve to die. I think it was you know, a horrible thing that, that happened to him. But um, I don't know if the commemorating him is, I don't see the point of, of necessarily commemorating him in a statue form as far as like, I guess it's kind of what you just said. Like what, what was, a, what was accomplished, I guess not necessarily accomplished, but what did he do to now become a statue? I guess, I don't know. Um, I think the statue is kind of the same thing as Juneteenth where it's not it's not so much about what happened like what did we as a people overcome uh I think the statue kind of represents this like turning point in the country um do I do I think that Putting up a statue of George Floyd is the is the right thing to do. Um, it feels funny. It does feel funny. Um, but I, I at this point, I kind of don't know what the right thing is. You know, like it, it's. Um, I I think like it's it's representative of of something because it was just such a difficult thing that happened and difficult thing to watch. And it meant so much like the knee of injustice, all the stuff that, you know, that came packaged with George Floyd. Um, I guess it's know. the same way we, um, I don't know if celebrates the right word, but that's the only one I'm thinking right about right now is Emmett Till. Yeah. Right. Because commemorate, commemorate. There it is. Um, obviously, you know, it's the horrible what happened to Emmett Till as well. Something that we utilize to, you know, remember about the what's horrible about what can, how bad things can get, I guess. Mm -hmm. And sometimes remembering those things, hopefully the goal is to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Or, you know, we could we could realize that we can't let it get to this point again. Mm -hmm. But... I don't know. It was just, I guess it just matters how much you value a statue, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, that's, uh, I don't live there. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point I feel like I saw, I think it was Mario Lopez put something up. If like somebody does something I'm paraphrasing, somebody does something that doesn't affect you at all. And, uh, and it bothers you like you could just not say anything yeah that that kind of you know like i said i don't live there so i don't have to look at the statue every day it's, it's kind of it's kind of sad like to, to look at but then again there's statues of martin Luther king you know so it's like sometimes you gotta look at sad things so yeah i mean i i 
I was at the uh I was at this like little gathering and I was sitting there and there was a guy who was like by himself and and I noticed he was watching um he was watching a couple of videos from like really SJW people. And the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh gosh, he's one of those. But then I was like, you know what? At least because he seemed like a like a like a trashy white person, you know? Yikes. And but then I was like, well, at least it seems like he's trying to learn things so that he can be a better person, which is one thing that I'm learning about like really, really, really far out SJW people. Like their main goal is to try and be the best person that they can be, even though sometimes they they're not great at it, you know. Be, but you really think that those that's their intention? I'm gonna give it to them. That's not what I asked. I I think that's the intention of most of them. No, interesting. I don't know. I it seems I don't like think so. No, what do you what do you think they're trying to do? Get attention. I oh. think most of <laughs> most of the people that are making TikTok videos or making like content, they're content creators. Right. I think that the people that um not saying that people don't truly strongly feel about those type of movements and stuff like that, but I think there's a big difference between people that are actually doing the work behind certain social justice movements and people that are just trying to gain clout off of them. Yeah. And people that are making these TikToks and making these reels and you know, making con- content about it that go on and tell you about how you should be acting and how you mm-hmm. should be feeling and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're truly about that life. I think they're just about the clout that it could get. And if they didn't get enough likes, they're probably crying themselves to sleep. Mm. That that could happen. But, well, I don't know. Uh, based off of what I saw that guy watching, it it... it at first it bothered me and then I was just like, maybe he's just trying to learn. So I didn't, I just didn't want to judge him. You know, I didn't want to judge him too hard. Anyways, enough sad stuff. All right. So I was walking to Target the other day. Target? Okay. I walked into Target. And now I, why you keep calling it Target, bro? Okay. I'm white trash. It's called Target. <laughs> I don't have That's no money. That's upscale <laughs> economical shopping right there. Ooh. Well, I went to go buy my band-aids. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was walking into Target. <laughs> I stepped out of my car and there was this lady pulling out a baby seat from the from the trunk. And uh, I, I had my mask on. So I talk to myself when I have my mask on. And I was, I, <laughs> as opposed to when you don't have your mask on, you're talking to yourself without the mask. No, I'd be thinking about it. Like when <laughs> when I don't have a mask on, I start like I was just talking to myself, and then I'm like, oh shoot, people could see I'm talking to myself. But when I have the mask on, I have an oversized mask, so people are not sure. Like, is he just chewing gum? Mm-hmm. You know. So I was like, damn, she <laughs> and she she popped up out of the trunk and she looked at me, and I was like, oh my gosh, she heard me, and she goes. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Bullet dodge. Uh, <laughs> I'm going inside. Oh, sorry. That wow. was so close. But I did not realize that she could hear me. And that's when I was like, man, I really have to work my whispering. This Kelby comes on this podcast every single week <laughs> talking about, I'm this Kang. I'm so confident. All this kind of stuff. 
Did he actually get scared because he complimented a woman? Oh, after our conversation three weeks ago, I was like, man, I ain't complimenting anybody <laughs> ever again What's in my funny life. Is you, you, you probably thought you was whispering. I really you, thought wow, like, you really was like, damn, she fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably <in> this, <laughs> as projected into the mic too. Like. Uh, right? No, for sure. Like in my head, I, I thought I did. That's what I thought I did. Nah, you probably blurred it. Oh man, I was like, <laughs> God. Down, you all fine as hell. She said, "She was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much.' I was like, oh, huh. oh my god, <laughs> you got an in. I'm running. Do you need help with your bags? No, no, she, it I'm was not. a baby seat, bro. It was a baby seat. The red baby was in the Kelby. in the back. Yeah, that's the a red there. flag. Yeah, no, gotcha. I'm out of there. Shut it down. Yep, yeah, it's wrapped. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah. It, after our conversation, I was like, man, I don't want to say anything to anybody ever again in my life. <laughs> I never crazy. say anything nice to anybody because I already know I'm going to say it weird, and it's, it's going to come off the wrong way. So it's like, nope, done. Man, so there's going to be. Millions of women that are not going to get their confidence boost because of this one girl. They could go, but they because of y'all, not because of me. <laughs> because it's because of, of that one girl that made you all insecure about your compliments. No, now I don't know how to say compliments anymore. Before I used to be able to say Just random. Just use sounds. your words, bro. That's no. all we were saying. Don't make noises and point to like no your chin. <laughs> no, that's me. I'm weird. Own it. Yeah. Own it. I'm going to own it to myself from here on out. But yes, I was a little too loud in the parking lot of Target. and um, Target, bro. Target. Target. (laughs) Like, if you're going to add an ass, at least say it right. Target. Yeah, at the parking lot of Target. Hey, uh, let me get the the Bluetooth, Chris, because I got a song I want to play for you guys. Speaking of new music, did you hear about you hear my uh, my boy Tory Lanez song with the uh, baby finally came out? Yeah. You talking about Scat? Yup. So I saw I saw the video. Um, hmm. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? I know Chris Loved probably it. doesn't know Jack about it. Loved it. I was Scat. No. Tory Lanez featuring the baby. No. You didn't like it? I didn't hear it. Oh, oh man, the the video Sorry, is amazing. Friends. Tory Lanez is. Entertaining the fuck out of all of us, playing multiple different characters, dancing his ass off in the in the the video. The um, baby's being the baby, which is great, and even better. The best part of this video coming out is Megan the Stallion. The- Crazy ass said it never would happen. And thank you, Tory Lanez, overcoming <gasps> once again whoa, the slanders from this toxic woman. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. We do not tear down black queens. Here. No, but I uplift black kings. And Tory Lanez is a black king that's being slandered in these streets. And, and you know what he continues to do? Win. Win. And you know who got emotional? Megan. And you know who came to all you know who came to everybody's support? The baby. Yo, half of Kamala right now is freaking out. <laughs> oh my hey, god. I'ma say it. Um I'ma say it. Shoot, is your secret name Partisan Fontaine? My no, goodness. I don't even know what that means. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Uh uh. So pop- y'all too scared to you out here like oh we don't degrade black kings and all this kind of stuff and then you sit here while black king is being degraded and you didn't say sh- nothing didn't he shoot a girl 
<laughs> no, that's what was allegedly. This is said. true. That's alleged. It's and true. and see, look at look at the narrative that you right, continue right, to right, create. You're right. You're right. That's alleged. You're right. This is what it's okay for uh, for Black Kings to just be a legend and make that their narrative. No, but and you have no. You, you degraded her character, though. You, he, he, because what did he just she, say her character is what she's doing. What did she do? She's going. She went out and she said when Tory Lanez initially t- promoted this song, okay. Megan The Stallion came out and said the baby ain't gonna let that song come out. Right. It wasn't cleared. Yeah. Okay. And then. The song came out and the video came out like Tori said it would. Okay. And then. Uh, what? 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 <laughs> Y'all having a good day? I, I'm just surprised that Megan Knees is mad at Megan Stanley. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> First of all, I'm not whatever you guys claim to be that. Just because I don't have the game. old man knees like you two do. <laughs> Um, hmm. That's what. See, this is what this is what keeps happening. Everybody, like when when you try to uplift an actual black king, the 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 Ooh. peanut gallery is gonna come here and try to degrade now, the people that also want to uplift these black men. What did Tory do that allowed him to be a black king? Well, how did he er- continues earn his to crown? overcome? He is an independent artist. The minute he went independent, all of a sudden he's shooting women. All of a sudden, these industry women are coming out and saying, oh, he's not about this. He's not about that. He's out here just making moves, being independent, an entrepreneur, making money, continuing to say what he's going to do and actually accomplishing that. And people like you, people like Chris continue to go out there and be like, what is he doing? What has he done that's so great? I did not say that. I actually think that's what that, you just said. No, I oh, okay. asked, I I asked you why you put the crown on Tory Lanez because now, I think that he's Tory doing Lanez. things different than than what he's what society says he should be doing. Okay, <clears throat> let's take a step back. I think that I think that Tory as an artist is a great artist. He's a, he he does amazing things. However, I'm not necessarily. Judging him off of his art at the moment, there is this allegation from a year ago that he shot Megan the Stallion. Now, Megan said that justice takes a long time. We don't know exactly what's happening in the situation. Did they settle? Did they not settle? Is he in trouble? Is he going to jail? We don't know. We don't know anything about anything. So, we yes. know Megan's stories changed a hundred times. Did it change? All the time. Oh, Initially, it was. It was the nothing happened. Then it was he okay, shot me. Then okay. it was like he shot me in the feet. And then it was like wait, she shot me and he shot me in the feet is the same story. Yeah, but it was like initially when you say he shot me, everybody's thinking one thing. Then it's like he shot me in the feet. But then the sto- and when he t- she told the police, she stepped on glass. So I mean, uh, okay. and Tori's story is consistent the whole time that he that it didn't happen. That he didn't shoot her. <laughs> well, okay. I think so. Are you are you bigging Tory up because of his music? Or are you bigging up the fact that like you believe that he didn't do it and he's I believe overcoming? Tory. You believe I believe Tory, Tory won, okay. and I also think what's happening is exactly what you were doing: is that somebody could come out make an allegation. No, there's been nobody that said he's guilty. Mm-hmm. And yet you can say he shot somebody and that'd be okay. I asked, and I think didn't that he shoot somebody. Yeah, but still, but you're like, right. like that, it's but an that's what I'm saying. there's already a narrative being created about him. Like, and I think that 
I think that's terrible that it's so easy to be able to put that narrative on somebody because he didn't say anything. He 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 just sat there and let Megan go off and say whatever she wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And it and it got to where now it's like let's joke about him shooting women, which I think is terrible. Mm-hmm. A, a terrible thing to be um like accused of and to people to run with it and be like, no, that's true. So does the story change if he gets found guilty? Sure. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm not saying I support, nor, I do, nor, nor do I not support Tori. I just am kind of on the fence about it just because like, I don't want to call out Megan the stallion because she is claiming to be a victim. So like, I'll take that seriously for whatever that's worth. And I'm not going to make fun of Megan because, again, it seems like she's gone through something traumatic. Um, We don't have all the answers to that. So it's I'm kind of just like on the fence. I don't know what to do now. Do I support Megan the Stallion? Not really. I don't really listen to her music. I don't really like her music. Um, But she is a person and I and I take that into consideration. Um, as far as her saying that the song with the baby is not going to come out because we know her and the baby pretty much like helped each other rise up the ranks. I think that she thought she had a friend in, in the baby and that he was going to stand with her no matter what. And I think that these industry guys just kind of like maybe they are friends. But hey, look, this is a good song. I like the guy. Y'all figure that out amongst yourself. And I, and I used to think about this all the time, like when when people from YMCMB used to have like beef with other people, you would see them doing songs like, like Chris Brown used to do songs with Lil Wayne when Drake and Lil Wayne were beefing. And at the time I used to be like, how could you do that? You know, like how could you do a song with somebody that you're, you're like industry buddy mm-hmm. is beefing with. But then I was just kind of like, Oh, they're kind of like, yo, that's y'all beef. This is, it ain't got nothing to do with me. And, and I kind of was like, Oh, okay. I can kind of respect that. You know, so I think the baby is coming out that way and he's even responding to Partisan. So if you guys don't know who Partisan Fontaine is, that's Megan Thee Stallion's boyfriend. He's a very popular female rap writer. He's also a rapper himself. I'd probably say he's more on the struggle bus of rapping, but he's like he wrote um, uh, the the song with Cardi. Um, Just be careful with me. Oh, okay, so okay. he wrote that he wrote that song he wrote um you're saying cardi don't write her own music oh yeah that's when uh we came out they came out and they were saying like partisan fontaine wrote that song like three years before it came out and cardi rapped on it and came out as a single yeah wow. and she addressed it and she was like me and partisan fontaine work together and he writes some of my songs yeah wow he writes he writes for quite a few women so yeah he's he's and drake this guy this guy likes to uplift and tear people down all at the same time. <laughs> I was just, I was just asking a question. Isn't that the way that you get get by with it? The shade. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he came out to defend his girlfriend, and the baby was like, "Man, you don't know about me." And it's true, I'm scared of the baby. <laughs> this guy will beat his own fans up. Uh, so it's. It's entertaining to say the least, but yeah, it is. But Megan like seems to be trashing every single relationship that she's ever had. 
Well, I don't see that. Yeah, she's she's had beef with her own friend, her own makeup stylist, her own uh, like been? yeah, every my dude. Also, I didn't. I haven't been kept kept up with with Megan. There's the, a track record of Megan the Stallion going toxic on her. At one point, was her friends, and then she goes off and throws them under the bus for whatever reason. Really, she's the. I know she was beefing with the uh, with the owner of her label. That's one of many. But it was over contracts and money. Yeah, and but the I'm talking about makeup artists. I'm talking wow. about girlfriends. I'm talking about relationship with Tori, obviously. Like, all this stuff, it gets messy. Yikes. Now the baby, like, it's all, you know, it's all messy. And there's only one common denominator. And it's not Tori. Well, there's one thing we can do for Megan Thee. And it's to send our love and our prayers. Absolutely. Love and light. We hope everything's going to be okay. And if Partisan Fontaine and the baby fight, please don't mess up the links. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I just hope nobody gets hurt out of this situation (laughs) is all I'm saying. Don't mess up the links. All right. Because we sure ain't going to pay for it. All right. I want to show you guys this song that I, I, I quite enjoyed this week. Are you willing to die for those Christians? Huh? Do you really feel fly and true religion? Huh? Did you think you would survive five, five, sixes? Did you? You spent a this band on the and died with yeah. 40 pointers on rollies, the time glistens. Uh-huh. Superchargers on forums, we drive different. Yeah, different. What's this dude's name? I, I like him. Rumble. Rumble. It's Rumble. I don't know why it reminded me of the Zach Fox song. The which one? If you ain't a Christian, I will shoot you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace to Betty White. She ain't yeah, dead. She but. ain't dead, but what she died, because I know it's coming up. <laughs> that reminds me of the... Um, the Toby and 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 Guy and Guy Way. Oh, jeez. Okay. Let's Do you know who he is? I, I am familiar with that name. What song did he have? He had that. Uh, he said, uh, "Try Jesus, don't try oh, me because yeah, I yeah, throw yeah, hands." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's man. actually one of my favorite rappers. Rumble? No. Oh, Toby. Toby I can't even pronounce his last <laughs> name. Toby and Guy and Way. Toby and no, but I'm saying like, have you seen his visuals for his music videos? No, no, no. Dude, his story is amazing. He's a Houston rapper. Um, he just put out this song called Five Five. He has a song with Paul Wall that's amazing. Paul Wall still rapping? Dude, Paul Wall sounds amazing on the song too. Wow. And uh, he lost a lot of weight. He looks he good. Did, a few years ago. Um, yeah, but Remble, Remble, uh. I like the way he raps, and he's different for a Cali rapper, too. He is. So I think this is a gimmick because I went back and I listened to the past three years of his music, and he did not rap like this before. But it's like whatever this is, he, like, bodies that. Yeah. This, like, rapping. And it's the way he enunciates everything. Yeah. Every syllable. You're it's like, dope. Oh, okay. Right. It's dope. I, I like this guy a lot. I, I tried to listen to an interview with him. He wasn't very entertaining, so I turned it off. But the music... Like, why would anyone go against my smithing? His grave is his placement. He a wall. Just for Dorner and snipers with a call. That's hard, man. Yeah, the R's and Dorner. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Dorner. Those are crisp. I, I like think that. It's, they're not overlaying his voice. It's just like the one, the one voice. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like usually they have you like when in production they'll they'll have you say the same line multiple times to right, give it right. like 
depth yeah but they're just letting it go off of just the one take and maybe maybe they didn't put any uh auto tune and stuff like that no there's auto tune but there's like a little bit of that reverb yeah maybe they put that little touch of that reverb yeah so there's a lot of music that's coming out um i saw uh polo g's album came out uh number one you guys listen to polo g not particularly yeah okay uh migos dropped a um deluxe didn't go and listen to it no uh, my lady, Snow Allegra is coming out in July. Ooh. She's dope. Mm, I love, I love me some Snow Allegra. <sighs> I'm so happy Michael B. Jordan's not single. Papa, <laughs> or he, yeah, yeah, he's taken. Yeah, um, my boy's album supposed to be almost done. That should be well. I don't know when when they when they the the first the see the first uh, posthumous album was really really good, but now like when they Squeeze a second out album out of it. Typically, it's like not as good. Oh, no, so we'll I don't see. Think, I think Pop Smoke anything he touches is fire. We'll see. I'm I'm hoping it's great. Um, somebody else. Oh my boys, my boys, Magic Jordan. They're on the way. I know probably y'all don't listen to Magic Jordan, but I love me some Magic. Um, there's some. They're the OVO boys. Um, oh, from now we know why. I love Magic. I've been a fan of theirs for years. Um, you fan of Magic Dragons? Is that what you said. Imagine Dragon be putting us some heat too. Nah. You know that one song with the guitar? Yeah, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw Dennis G put out a song called Father and Son. Has there been the summer banger yet, though, that you've been waiting for? <sighs> Hasn't really, there's right? Been a, there's been a couple for me. 42 Doug, I mean, 42 Doug put out an album that I liked a lot. The song with Hot Boy and Future, I liked a lot. Maybach uh, Future. But nothing and- that's gone viral. Nothing that's like gripped the um, the Wait, internet. You know what we're doing. We're waiting for Aubrey, man. <laughs> Could be, man. The lat because he always has like, you know, last time it was what God's plan was it that last year? No, no, no. The uh, God's plan. I think it was two, three years ago. Oh no, no, no. He had God's plan, and the same year he had uh, Kiki, which but I, he I also like had that one um, that also. one song with um, at the same time too. Um, I can't even remember the name, but but Drake definitely puts out bangers, and he hasn't put out, he hasn't dropped anything new yet this um, this year. He's had a bunch of features, so he's he no. Didn't. But I'm saying his his project, he hasn't dropped his single for the summer yet, correct? Well, okay. So what I notice is he'll do the scary hours. So last time God's plan was on scary hours one, and then he he it it went crazy. God's plan is I think his biggest song. Um, in his entire catalog, and then um, he put God's plan. He just transferred over some scary hours over to uh, Scorpion, horrible album. And I'll continue to say that. But, <laughs> um, so then he put out Scary Hours two this year. He's had he's had an interesting run this year because he has he had the uh, the the song with Dirk. Then he had then he had Scary Hours two, which gave him the one two three. If you remember that. Um, and then I don't think there's anything on there that is really going to claim the summer because um, it already is kind of gone. Um, Do you think there will be summer songs now that like TikTok is as big as it is? Yeah, I mean, it might it might be Rumble. I feel um, like it's people aren't listening to songs anymore. They're listening to clips of songs. Like you have to have a clip that's fire because one thing that I'm doing, I'm watching these reels or like TikTok or whatever it is. And then 
there'd be the the part of the song that you're like, wow, this is fire. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you go back and you listen to the whole song, you're like, oh, this sucks. That yeah, like this had that's nothing. All you need, though that's all you need because once you hear the clip and it gets popular, now it's all over the radio. That's the only thing they play. Oh, I don't know what's on radio anymore. Wait, wait, wait. But what? what? That's how they play on the radio the from tech entire tech. every single hot top one hundred, top forty, whatever radio station. They're only playing TikTok tracks. Wow, like really? Only playing TikTok tracks. I did not know that. I was in uh in well, I was on Chicago and had the rental, and I was like, turn on the radio and every single song. Wow. So they're track. playing that De Niro song. Every single one. Wow. Even the old ones. Wow. The old ones, quote unquote. They were like. I did not know. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't know anybody who listens to the radio. Do you think people still? Do you think these um, album album heads or these labels are still paying uh, radio? Do you think radio still is making yes. money off of playing songs? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 A ton of money. If you really think about it, songs that go real crazy on the radio, uh, you see the result of it. Like when when Sicko Mode was playing all day on the radio, like. Sometimes you just turn your car on and you catch the radio for two, three minutes before you connect your Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. That song, you can see as a result, has like 800, 900 million views on YouTube. Every song that's hard on the radio, like go look at, um, um, I turned my car on the other day and I listened to that Bruno song. Granted, it is Bruno. Bruno Mars? Yeah, it is. fire. It is. It is Bruno, but like. That the, 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 the new moon one. Song? Oh, no, the really new one. Talking to the moon is eleven years old. I know, but I'm saying it's TikTok relevant. It is right, but uh, but the new one, the new one, like has a heavy radio push. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, and but so, I feel like that's just Bruno it. Mars, anyways. That's why I was saying, like, it's kind of a tough one to say because Bruno is Bruno. Yeah, but like an- uh, another example would be like the weekend. Like the weekend's songs have been top. Five top ten for like a year and a half. But I think that's that just album. him. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking about like somebody who wouldn't like these are you're talking weekend Bruno, but these are established industry artists that sure are gonna But I think that they they really benefit from radio push. Drake mm-hmm. as well. These are established industries. So like I don't know if I think the radio actually gets more interest from playing them than the these guys do from the radio the radio station. I think the radio mm. station um, does better when these guys are putting out music versus the opposite way around because of how established they were. Now I could understand maybe when they initially came out, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. the radio, but now at this point, Drake doesn't need the radio and he's still going to go platinum. Bruno's going to, doesn't need the radio. He, radio. He's still going right, to go platinum. Right. So they're going to still sell out tours and all this kind of stuff. So I'm talking like, does the radio really, what, who's the radio breaking now, I don't think the radio breaks anybody anymore. I think it's TikTok. I think it's I think it's not so much about breaking. I think it's more about like it's like a stimulus package. Like if a song is kind of popular on the internet, the second it hits the radio, it gets to the mainstream consumer that like takes it from a song that has the ability to to earn like 25 million views on on a YouTube music video and then it'll blow it up. It'll take it to like you know, a hundred million or one fifty. I think See, it's just that old school validation. If I was um, a label and I was going to put my you know, marketing money, I would put it into the streaming sites versus the radio. So you're saying playlist? Yeah. Um, I think I think playlist gives you the streams and the revenue 
for the moment, but playlist I don't think builds an artist name. Like I, I've been on playlists uh, where I don't know who I'm listening to versus the radio. Like they make a concerted effort to say like this is the new Sabrina mm-hmm, Claudio. Shout it out, yeah, though. like they'll give you the name, they'll play and they play it nonstop. So it's like it, it I think the radio builds brands versus playlists, I think just like Okay, cool. Like that was a dope song, but you don't really to- yeah. check in with the artist. It's just not my experience anymore. I don't even know any radio stations. Like I know Power like one hundred five nine just from like old school, old school. <laughs> yeah. But like I couldn't tell you any radio stations now. I I get new artists from just the auto feed. Like the next song comes on, the next song comes mm. on, and then you're listening to something you're like, "Yo, this is dope." And then you look and you're like, "Oh, I need to look more into mm-hmm. this artist." That's how I I I get people. So or like a TikTok song, and you're like, "Yo, this song is dope." And then you go to like Shazam and try to Shazam the song. Mm. And that's how you do it. So like that's how I'm getting into new artists and stuff like that. Right. It's not the radio because the radio. I'm not trying to listen to all those commercials and all the like, you know. Right. It's it's power one Oh five nine. And like, yeah, no, yeah, like yeah. still passing out stimulus yeah, checks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of lame. I think I get my new stuff from Instagram. Like if you have a song with a bigger artist and th- that's when I'll like learn about you. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a song and you have like a Nikki feature or if, or if like I get a lot of my stuff from academics, like typically he'll post things and I'm like, who the hell is right. that? But then he'll mention the person like four or five times and it's like, Oh, okay. Well, let me go check this out. And then like people naturally start making memes about it. Right. And they like, they just start. That's like, what I'm saying. I know. think it's the internet that's, that's breaking like where, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, um, you know, like I think these are where I would spend most of my ad dollars towards versus the radio because I bet I don't even know. Do do young kids even listen to the radio anymore? Like I think they do. You, you know what? You know what I think is interesting. So you know, uh, Drake has a song with Draco the Ruler, right? And yeah. it's um the song. The song came out. I think I found out just like on Instagram story. Drake like posts like, "Oh, I have this feature with this guy," and so I heard the song. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is a cool song. And then one day I heard it on the radio, and that's when I was like, "Oh, this is legit." That's in my in my mind. Uh, it connected because in my head, I was just like, "Oh, this is just like a streaming thing. Like you just you got Drake on the song. You have one big song now. You'll make your like quarter million dollars, and then we're just gonna keep it pushing." But then when I saw that the the radio was playing it, I was like, "Oh shoot, I might check out some of his other songs." You know, and th- and that's what. But did do you it think that's me. because your program? Because we come from a time where the radio was important. Right. But I'm saying a, a teenager now that's listening to everything off their iPhone, that's listening to everything off of TikTok, like when are they listening to Your radio the radio? Well, I think like it's the same as like in the because- acting world. So sometimes uh, I'll see my friends do digital commercials, right? Like a, a commercial that pops up um, before our YouTube video. And it's like, oh, that's cool. But when you see them, like if you're at the gym or something and you see them on the TV screen, you're like, I don't know, like something else comes yeah, across I think you. TV is still more relevant than the radio because TV is still like people are still watching TV. TV is still important. That's the only way you could watch sports. That's the only way you could watch, you know, like certain shows and all that kind of stuff. The mm. radio, think about it. What's the first thing you just said? Like, what's the first thing you do when you get into your car? 
Well, yeah, you turn my you turn car. On. My I put my phone automatically. It goes straight right, to Bluetooth. Right, right. So like sometimes kids, I do listen to it though. Like in between, like in between me post, in between me turning my Bluetooth on, and I'll listen to radio for a few minutes. Or sometimes, like if it's a short drive, I'll listen. So I, that's how I know who like Big Boy is, Louis G, all those type of people. But like, I guess they just have to catch you. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think kids, these, like, we you grew up where we were like, Mom, Dad, can you play the radio? You know what right, I mean? Like, right, we, right, we right. were excited about the radio. Right. Like, I remember looking up on the internet, like, what the radio's playlist was. Oh, so, like, I never you know, that. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> they, they post, like, what the radio's playlist was so you could, like, see what the new songs are out and stuff right, like that right. and then search them and stuff like that. Now, I don't think kids are ever listening to the radio like everything mm. is on they're buying like you could buy bluetooth speakers that just hook up to your phone and then all you're doing is like listening to that i don't i've never seen anybody walk around with a radio anymore oh well yeah no <laughs> yeah or like even have it in their house or whatever yeah i guess like i would have to ask some kids you know like do you guys listen because i feel like there are benefits for parents to just turn the radio on sometimes you know like in, in a long drive where it's just like I don't know what to play. The kids are here. At least you know that on the radio, there's they're gonna censor the words and all of that. So it's kind of Possibly. like a mindless thing to do when you're in the car. Um, but I, I do think I I do still notice the correlation between a song that's really popping and how much it plays on the radio. But but that's what I'm trying to say. I think it's inverted now. I think that it gets really popping and then the radio plays it a bunch because and they stipu- they stimulate it mm-hmm. right. I think that's how they're going to get ad revenue is because they're already playing stuff. And that's that, popping. That's popping. So people will listen to it mm-hmm. versus they're the ones that made it popping now. No, that's true. Like the radio is not breaking new artists. But I, like I said, it, I think that they're just they're just in they're just putting in that extra the most um, popular. They're yeah. taking the most popular songs and then put in. And I think that's to Chris's point that like. Everything on the radio is these TikTok famous songs. Right, I think right. they got famous off of TikTok. They probably have social media people that are listening, watching TikTok, and then now that's how they're making their playlist based off of right. what's already hot in the streets. But I, I'll tell you what, though, I think that the value of having a really popular song on TikTok is not very high. Uh, I think I think that like people, I think that people, what do you mean by value? So I think that people on TikTok just use sounds in general. Like I, there's a trend happening now where like women will take this sound and it's like a like a bling sound and yeah. then it'll like the second half of it is like I'm not paying my taxes. I I don't know where that sound came from, but it's like showing women when they were like really fit and then the second half is when they're like in they're like not in great shape anymore. And so, oh yeah, yeah. you see now the the girl next door. I live next door. I'm a yeah. What is and that? Then, I don't know. It's from like cartoon. so. That's it's the thing like that I'm cartoon. trying to say. Like I think that TikTok isn't necessarily taking these songs to promote them. They're just like taking these short moments and they're like, oh, we're gonna use it to make our video. But I don't actually think it's intriguing enough people to pay attention to the artist um and i've seen enough like this guy uh the guy who made the De Niro song so he was saying he made a tiktok about his song it was the number one trending song on tiktok and he was like nobody knows it's me like nobody is really paying attention to the fact that it's my song they're just using this like 10 15 seconds of the song to, to make their TikTok because it's a popular sound. But the next level of that is to develop the artist, right. which I think like TikTok 
yes, you may have a viral sound or a viral trend or whatever, but like the value of the virality is not very high. It's just kind of like used and then next and then used. Based off of how you use it, right? So I think that the game has changed as far as like you could go viral, but if you don't have a plan in place, yeah, exactly. Because like, there's yeah. no more ANRs. There's no more like artist development anymore. Right, now right, you're right. expected to do it all yourself. So you could go viral, but if you don't have a plan in place of well, what do we do with this um this added whatever like um attention? Mm-hmm. Like how do I make moves with this? Right. Um and you know what's funny too? By the way, but uh the guy who made that De Niro song and he like was trying to tell people like this is me, please like look my name up on uh, the comments were like, we don't care. Like we get it. You made the song. We don't care. Like it was. It was just all like, who cares? We just like that one part. Who cares? Nobody cares. No, we don't care. Like I was like, well, damn. Okay. So like, to me, those little things like I think challenges the artists because five years ago, having a viral cha- a viral challenge or a viral song meant a lot. Like the streams are gonna go crazy and people are gonna want to hear the next song. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like. Feed it to us, feed it to us, give it to us, and then like we're moving on. Uh, so, how do you develop an artist in this super micro, microwavable era where like even your work doesn't really matter? Because the music isn't what gets people famous anymore. It's the story around the person. That's right. why you see all of these like the Lil Pump era, XXX. <laughs> like it's there. Like people are going the clout era. Not even just the clout. It's like people. Are, um, kids are interested in the person mm-hmm. and then the music doesn't matter as much. You know what I mean? The music, is, it, they're more interested in the whole story. So you got to have your social media presence on point. Yeah. You got you to gotta yeah. be content creators. Yeah, you do. It's not just like, uh, you can't be just a great musician. You have to be a, con- a great content creator. Because a guy like Jason Derulo yeah. is doing really, really well. I mean, he's a good artist, but like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's not like the best R and B artist of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's but an he's okay prob- pop artist. But he's probably better than an like he's probably doing better than much more talented people because of how well he does on social media. Yeah, yeah. Like I just I've been seeing him on this Jack in the Box commercial. I'm like, yeah, yeah. how's he like the dude? But yo, but he's an early TikTok TikTok. Adopter. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like he. That's what that's what I'm saying is yeah. like you can't just be. Uh, a great artist like if chris brown started today i don't know if chris brown would be as good as chris brown is but here here's a like a little backlash to that where i think justin derulo has to be justin derulo to jason right (laughs) he's always gonna call him justin (laughs) who's justin derulo (laughs) i think he has to be this person to be this person like right. he has to be the guy that came up with that song 10 years ago to be the tiktok star that he is now versus today like one thing i realized watching tiktok like i went down the list of you know my for you page and i kept swiping over and i'm noticing everybody has half a million a million half a million a million two million and like i'm talking to brie and she's like you know the girl from tiktok i'm like dude there are so many girls from tiktok and i'm using that as like there's so many people with followings on tiktok that right. like now that those followings like mean nothing 
you know, I, I not to mean not to say mean nothing, but like even me, I have 14,000 followers and it's like I don't really think it means anything. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like it can, though, it can. But it's it, like it's hard to make it mean something. I see. That's know? where I think I think there the game. It is hard. Absolutely. But also there's a game towards it. Right. I think now there's managers that know how to manage TikTok people. Personality. Oh, oh yeah. yeah there's yeah, yeah, for a, sure. a whole I think that's where the industry is going. Yeah. It's already there. It's like, yeah. It's already there. So they have that for OnlyFans. I bet. I, I, I think like that's that's where the game, I think, has changed. And my point was that I don't know if because I was just thinking like R&B groups. Remember how like dope they used to be like Jagged no. Edge, 112, Boys to Men. Like I'm talking about like where it was like these are the groups, mm-hmm. even like you could go most recently like B2K, Mindless right. Behavior, all this kind of stuff. Now, like damn, you, Mindless Behavior. <laughs> yeah. Right. So but. After mindless behavior, who's the R and B group? Um, um, Tank and Tyree, <laughs> TGT, right? So you take old solo artists and put them together. But I'm saying, like, I don't think just the music is important anymore. I think it's the stories that you're able to tell, the social media, the drama you could create around it, like, or like all that kind of stuff, like. I think academics is probably going to break more artists and make more artists famous than the radio. Well, he has like, he's proven that with six, nine, I think academics created six, nine. Right. I think that not, all those people, created, I think but like, you know, help them. I think yeah. academics did more for six, nine than any radio station did. I think for academics sure. did more for XXX Tentacion than any radio yeah. station. Plus did. Though, they couldn't, the radio stations like pretty much can't play those, those, those songs. Right. But, um, Drake actually has a really good line where he said he's the only he's the only artist that's still known for the music. And uh, I think that's an interesting line because, damn, like. Who do you who do you know, like even for me, when Jake, Jake Cole comes out, I'm not that excited to hear about his music. Like, I think I was more excited about him playing basketball than his music, because once I heard the songs, I was just like, OK, but I think like. Kanye, Kendrick, Drake, maybe Jay-Z, but you know, Jay-Z is like the, the ultimate businessman now. Right. Like, I think those 50. guys, music-wise? I, I, I'll say for you, I don't know. Oh, for no. me, I still, I, they're still artists that I'm really excited about. No, I was thinking like the, the actual music. Yeah. Like, where I like think- Pop Like, Pop Smoke's like that for me. Okay. Like, I'm excited to hear anything. Obviously, he's not making new music, but if Pop Smoke is- in the song, I want to listen to it for the music. Mm. So you like the? Did you like the him and the Migos song? Um, I haven't heard it. Oh. But uh, yeah, like he he made that that statement that he's like the only person that's still known for the music m- making like good music. And um, uh, to me, it's interesting that that statement is being said, especially by a rapper, because like rap is a hard space to make versatile music. You know. Um, so when he when he said that and he was asked about it, I think in that B dot um, interview, uh, it, it really actually stuck with me. Like I had to think about it. I was like, okay, I personally like love to hear new weekend music. I like to hear new Drake music. I like to hear new Kendrick music. It took me a long time becoming a Kendrick fan, but like he's a great artist. Right. Like he makes really good music, not just rapping, but like you know, um, and 
a couple of like R&B dudes, you know, and that's that's kind of it, you know, where everybody else I'm like, oh, I, I'd rather just like see you do stuff on Instagram. <laughs> and I also think just things have changed in general as far as like, I don't, I don't think people have the, what's it called, the patience to listen to a whole album anymore. I think it's just one-off tracks that really yeah. you're going to make up because there's a whole, and I've been getting into like, a lot of like UK stuff mm-hmm. and like a lot of these UK artists, they have just a lot of different ways of um, exposing artists out there that we don't have as much here. Mm-hmm. Remember like, remember um, the basement with Tigger? Mm-hmm. Remember how much that used to do for artists, like to be able to go out there. And I think Sway kind of does that with his five fingers of death and all this kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. UK has all of those shows out where they just are able to ex- expose artists and have them perform and all that kind of stuff. Like what 106 in Park used to be like for artists and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's not that that much in the U.S. anymore. Well, I'm going to give you a startling stat. So uh, even deep into 2016, one of the uh, one of the biggest revenue drivers for the United Kingdom was rock and roll music. So I think that they know that their GDP is heavily based on entertainment, heavily based on music. People are receptive to music out there, very different than how it's consumed here in the United States, where like, A, there's way more people. The the money doesn't circulate the same way. So I think that like it's consumer driven where here in the United States, people are just like, okay, we like we don't need 106 in Park anymore. Like that was cool to have back back in the day, but like A, you US consumers don't have the patience to watch that that show. Like we, we don't want to watch a countdown. We just just give us the list and we'll just choose whatever we want. You know? So I think that just the difference in how people are consuming things in the different uh countries makes uh because if there was a demand for that here, but you better believe there's somebody who's gonna give you a big tigger's ba- you know, basement and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But like I think that they just quickly realize like, eh, we don't want that here. Just post it on Instagram and that's kind of it. And that, that could absolutely be true, but it's huge. That's what I'm saying. Like, but mm-hmm. I think they do a lot of artist development through stuff like that. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's wise because, you know, w- we have been flipping artists, you know, every year for a long time now for at least like a good decade. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I saw at the, uh, um, at, uh, on a on a screen like I was window shopping and I saw on the screen Doro. I don't know who that is. Ice cream paint ice cream paint job. You know that song? Yeah. That was like they were playing a Doro song on the TV screen and I was uh. like, "Whoa, what year am I in?" <laughs> you know? So like I always think about the fact that Fetty Wap in 2015 was the biggest artist right. in the world and now he's just kind of like not to say he's a nobody, but like he's more known for love and hip hop. He's on love and hip hop. I think his girl or that girl he had a baby with that he didn't claim initially. It All was right. in that. It was in that. Uh, what's it called? That um, marathon I was watching in Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the one in Vegas, huh? not the one you was watching that last night. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. cable, bro. I don't know where to watch it at. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like Fetty Wap was the biggest artist in the world, and then he kind of just like. Fell into whatever, but that's what so, I'm saying. Like he didn't have that development, which or is necessary. Online presence, I think. Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like that's where, that's where people go 
get famous is through their online presence. It's not through the music anymore. So I agree probably that Drake is one of the last artists that cares about their or is known because of just primary Mm -hmm. music because Drake isn't a big social media guy. Like you don't know much about Drake other than what other people are telling you about Drake, but Drake isn't coming out doing content on a regular basis. So no, he just posts like regular, regular pictures and stuff, but he's not, he's definitely not little pumping his way to, right. To, uh, fame. And I wonder, I wonder if Drake didn't come out when Drake came out, if he would be the same Drake for sure. Like, Timing I, know, I don't think yeah I think I don't think he would be as big if it was if he tried to do yeah. it if if Drake nobody knew about Drake mm-hmm. he didn't have Degrassi all that kind of stuff he just came out straight as an artist with music right now even as good as his music is I doubt he'd have the same it's true it, it's true I I I think about that too like sometimes I play some of the old catalogs like this morning I was listening to um um uh, uh, uh you wasn't with me shooting in the gym right like huh. just like classic songs that meant a lot at mm-hmm. that time like meant a lot in 2010 but like i was the right age to be listening to it and that was it was like pre-streaming it right. was just like such a different mentality such a different vibe like it's honestly just crazy to me to see an artist like drake or like even taiga or any of these like pre-streaming guys that are still around still doing their thing and they're doing it at a high level it just like blows my mind and to see that like there there are some people who just can't be replicated, right? Like, I think the Migos have a bunch of people who run around that sound like them. Like, Chief Keef have a bunch of people that run, sound like them. Right? Uh, uh, Young Thug has a lot of people running around that sound like him. But there's only a few people who kind of have a Drake-esque, Tyga-esque, Lil Wayne-esque feel to them and they don't do it the same way. And And when they, and when people try to mimic it, people are quick to say like, no, you know, like go figure it out your own way, you know? And, and I think that's just like, damn, like you figured out something about you that makes you so special. Like future, I think like future has people that kind of sound like him, but when uh, um, Panda came out and people were just like, you are too much like future. It just let you know, like we like our artists to be themselves right. and you do that and no one else touch this. And props to Lil Wayne. Cause he kind of put all those people on. He did. Just you said, know? He's really good. And Nikki, yeah. Nikki is the same thing. Like she's very unique in her yeah. style as well. Even though there's a lot of female rappers that came out, like I feel like Nikki still separates herself yeah. as far as um, them. Um, and, Lil Wayne has done a really great job of finding these talents and then also giving them the right type of advice to continue to be themselves versus, Mm -hmm. you know, try to be something different. Exactly. I think Kanye is like that too. Yeah. You know, very unique. Like, you know, when it's a Kanye song. Yeah. Yeah, Pusha T, I think is like that. Yeah. Man, Pusha T is, he's a one in a generation talent. Yeah. You know, like the way that he raps, his ear for music is really just amazing and, and, and just to see that he's, he's older very underrated as far as the type of business he's done as well yeah and sometimes like some people don't want to be known for that yeah you know because like they just go out there and do it like rick ross is somebody who's like i i'm about my business you know but like i think push is like give me my rap credit you know yeah. like ice cube is like that he's like yeah. he's a full-on great businessman but he's very much so at the end of the day like i want to be known as like one of the greatest rappers right you know and even in in the like new age era, like people like like Lil Yachty, who may his music may not sell very well, 
But dang, that boy knows how to put his fingers into things and make it make sense for him. It's just amazing. Like it's amazing to see what hip hop and what R and B and all these things have created for people and just listening to people like Master P who who are like, yo, the content is gonna be there. Your music is gonna sell, but it ain't gonna sell for a very, 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 very long time. So you have to figure out how to make your money work for you, especially depending on like what you want your lifestyle to look like. You know, um, you know, to see that um, these guys are opening up their own clubs, they're producing TV shows, Quavo's producing a a horror movie. Like, it's like it blows my mind. It really does. You know, 15 years ago, our favorite artists were just artists and then they just fall off, you know. And they weren't even like that's the difference. Now, I think you can't just be an artist. You have to be either aware of the business side of things or have a really good team around you that is aware of it because you have to be able to be an entrepreneur and that that's not, I think it extends from music to the athletes now Mm -hmm. because you can see the athletes now are becoming moguls as well, as far as diversifying their stuff, getting involved in things. And then you can also see like the difference, like some of these guys who aren't like the best artists or the best athletes like you just um, named uh, Lil Yachty mm-hmm. but you see a lot of these like um, athletes that weren't super popular as athletes mm-hmm. but their their fame after being an athlete is much bigger yeah. like Emmanuel Ancho, Marcellus Wiley these guys no, weren't really like necessarily like all pro players or mm-hmm. people that everybody knows about but um, Emmanuel Ancho just won, won an Emmy for being you know uh, you know a uh, uh, ESPN or Fox Fox Sports personality or whatnot. Wow. So like he's an author. He's all these kind of things. So like a lot of these guys that are un- understanding of business and smarter and stuff like that, they're able to take whatever little in that they had, make the right connections, and then create you know the business th- themselves as the business after, which is important. Like any young artist, any young athlete, like you got to know. You can't just settle for just the one talent that you have. Utilize that in and then, you know, spread that talent to give you, you know, uh, generational wealth versus right. just a job, you know? Do you know who Junior Bridgman is? No, I don't. So he was a basketball player, and I believe, like, he never became a, you know, Superstar. household name, nothing mm-hmm. like that. But um, off season, he used to go play. He used to go um, work at Wendy's, and he would just, like, see how Wendy's works, flipping burgers, dunking the fries and all that stuff. And so I believe he only made 300,000 a season and he took the money. And after he was done with his basketball career, he opened up uh, a a Wendy's. And from there, he ended up opening up a ton of Wendy's. Um, The last time I checked his net worth, it was worth like $300 million. Wow. And his sons work at his corporation. His daughter work at his corporate. Like these guys you know, it, it's it, it starts with one person like that who is just like I learned a lesson from people like, you know, for example, for example, Mike Tyson, who like blew that three hundred million dollars. Now, it's not to say that like Mike Tyson is not somebody who learned his lesson, too, because I think for Mike Tyson, money like, you know, made life kind of weird. Right. But with somebody who has their head screwed on a different way, maybe not the right way, but a different way. Who's like, yo, this money is not going to become 
me, but I'm going to utilize it as a tool to change the life of my family and things like that. To hear that his kids are working at the corporation, that just tells me like he didn't he didn't just say like I'm going to be rich and woohoo. No, he like said, "Okay, I'm going to create a a uh, a bridge that expands to my children that they are educated. They are making moves. They are creating opportunities for other people. That kind of stuff, like, it gives me the chills. You know, it it really just, like, I can't wait to see what some of these rappers and these ballplayers' kids do in the future. You know, like, are they going to uh, be people that that live the trust fund baby life? Or are they going to, like, you know, expand whatever yeah, mom and dad did? Upon it. Yeah. And I think both you and I really admire strategy right so like we are amazed like where other people will find reasons to hate on somebody we're like yo do you realize what this person was able to do like somebody like floyd mayweather who took you know his ability to you know be one of the greatest boxers of all time but just what he's been able to create Mm -hmm. from just a boxing thing Mm -hmm. is like there's no other boxer like even you know muhammad ali is known for all of his stuff how he changed society through you know his uh political stuff and all that kind of stuff but just on a business sense there's probably not another boxer in history that has been able to create what floyd mayweather has created and um to the point where he's made he's made it feel like all boxers should be able to do what he's able to do, Mm -hmm. but they don't understand how smart he is as a businessman. Like he's getting paid because of his strategy, not just because he's in this sport. And I think that's where like a lot of people kind of, uh, think that, Oh, well it's just, they're in this job. Like there's a reason why you could have the same job as somebody, but maybe somebody's doing way better than you than right. you are. It's not just the job. It's like what you use that platform for, what you use, what's your strategy once you do this? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so true. Um, you know, I, I, I think especially like from people who, you know, historically come from these, Places that, you know, opportunity is not a dime a dozen, you know, like once you get it, you better do it right. Right. And there's so many stories of people who fumbled the bag, you know, like they got huge earnings and they thought it was never going to go away. Like T-Pain tells this great story of how he earned 40 million dollars and then lost all of it, you know, and to the point where like he had to borrow money to buy his kids Happy Meals. And you would never think that from the guy who made buy you a drink. You know, and so like he's learned these life lessons where now like T-Pain has this new lease on life and a new wind in his career where he gets to do it all over again. But maybe it's not in music this time. He's Mm -hmm. got the nappy boy video games. He got all these things happening in life right now where now he's learning. He's learning that lesson. And that's why I always say, like, you're not a true, true, true success until you have people around you that you've created successes from right you know because sure you can make a million dollars but you could take that million dollars and throw it on the ground and it will not turn into anything Mm -hmm. even if you take your money and you put it in a savings account and the bank does whatever they do with it they take it they invest it they do they give you your one percent back there is somebody out there that you did not meet that is benefiting from the fact that you put it in this system and you allowed the strategy to work that way. It's just like, it's just amazing. Like it's just, it's a, it's really amazing. Just even going back to these rappers, like all the things that they're doing, because again, they never know when their last hit 
is coming, you know? And I saw this interview with a designer where they were kind of criticizing him. Like, man, you ain't had another hit. And he was like, dude, do you know how much property I own? Yeah. Do you know, like, my money is being circulated in this, that, and the third, all this stuff? He, he pretty much was like, I don't need another hit. Yeah. You know? Um, it's just it's just amazing. And there's a lot of people with big hits that are probably not as successful as designer is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, or, like, they just, like, they have bad strategy. They just right. get all their hit money, and they spend it, and then moving on. Like, hopefully we can get another one. And that's the, that's the why, like... You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, the the people that I am like amazed by. Like I'm amazed by Soldier Boy. Like I think <laughs> he is amazing for how he's able to stay relevant so long and then take he only needs to be relevant at the beginning of the year and then he <laughs> utilizes that relevance for the whole year mm-hmm. with all of his business things. Or like the the Paul brothers. I'm amazed that like they're doing social media much different than everybody else is like all their multiple streams of income what they've been able to create now with these fight leagues and stuff like that and they get people to hate them which is so smart they understand the value of being hated they they understand like and that's the that's the genius they're not letting their egos take over Mm -hmm. they're everything is strategic and because of that they're multi multi multi-millionaires and what was their talent their talent was making funny videos on Vine. You know what I mean? And so when you say, like, um, going back to what you said earlier about, like, um, just having a presence on TikTok isn't valuable, I think it is valuable if you know what to do with it. Because, like, if you have 300,000 followers or a million followers on TikTok, if you could figure out a way to even get $1 out of every single one of those people, you're a millionaire. No, that's true. And so... (laughs) I, I'm approaching I'm approaching TikTok numbers a little bit different, and I say that because TikTok is not a followable. It's not a super followable app, so you don't have TikTok. So you you watch TikTok on Instagram, right? Where Instagram really promotes the top hundred people that you like to watch, right? TikTok doesn't necessarily do that. TikTok's algorithm and the way that it, it's set up. Like the for you page is where you live, right? So if I decide to follow Chris, I can follow Chris and then never see his stuff ever again. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like TikTok is such a unique app because it gives people this taste of virality, but it may not give you the whole meal. So I've seen people who have like 1.7 million followers and then their TikTok has a thousand views. You know, from and it was posted a week ago. And so it's like the app is is not 100 percent designed to give you this long lasting ability to build on top of it, which I understand Mm -hmm. on on the consumer side, because the consumer wants to watch new things from new people that is highly engaging. But if Chris doesn't put out something highly engaging every single time, then he'll lose cachet on my um on my timeline it's such a unique app i think it's so intelligently built because it favors the consumer more than the creator but at the same time like all the tiktok people recognize that and that's why they keep sending you to their other platforms the moment that they can get you to watch their video they're like please follow me on instagram please follow me on youtube please and you see that and and at first like if you just jump on the app you're like damn why they keep saying why not stay here tiktok has a creator fund and all this stuff right but it's like 
TikTok is not made for the same consumer to watch the same person over and over and over. They want you to watch like you don't have TikTok, right? I used to. I don't know if it's changed since I had. Oh, it's big change. So like, because I went, who I used to follow, their new videos always used to show up in my for you or whatever. Oh no, for like it doesn't really work that way anymore, uh, unless it's somebody who like makes the so. With TikTok, when I went viral on TikTok, I tested it out. So if I put the same type of video out over and over and over, I will get the numbers, right? That's how I got my little 14,000. And then once I decided, like, I really don't want to put the same stuff out over and over, TikTok will suppress it and say, like, we're not putting this out because that's not why you went viral. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the algorithm definitely understands what the people want to see, what the people are interested in. And then, like, if you don't give them that, then it will just, like, done. Right. So you kind of are stuck making the same type of things over and over and over and over again. And then if you decide to break away from that, you will see the difference numerically. It's very smart app. Very, very smart. These tech what are you people, trying to say about China? Did China produce it or did they buy it? I think China created it, right? Because it was musically before. I don't know. I don't know. Somehow China has something to do with TikTok. That's why I don't have it. Them folks are smart over there. Hey. Ain't they? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. there goes our podcast. <laughs> there goes our podcast. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think the game is changing, and it's it's wise to be on the forefront. Like, don't wait. Like, always be researching success stories and what caused them to be successful yeah, yeah, yeah. versus thinking you know it all. And I think that's the the mentality that most successful people have in any industry yeah. is like learn from others that are doing it and always be aware of the, the new person that's figured something else out. Right. Copy, steal, cheat. Oh, that's the way. Absolutely. And no matter what, as much as you copy and steal and cheat, like whatever you do your way will always be your way because you can't copy exactly what somebody else does. Right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you seen any of the new Rory and Mall? Clips. Clips. Oh, okay. But like from other people ripping like their clips off of and then like talking about it. Got it. Yeah, I haven't sat through a whole episode of theirs now. I saw I heard I saw like um something about their audio was off on one of their episodes or something like that. Yeah, the, so they they did a a group think with Justice from LVRN and Earl Sweatshirt and uh Westside Boogie who I'm a pretty big fan of. Um and the audio is not good, but I can totally understand why. So if you see our setup here, mm -hmm. we're it's three of us, right. and we have a board that Chris, how many think, how many can be put in the board? Like four mics, maybe four mics. Four. Okay, so if it's like a group of like five or six people, and none of them have mics, so they're trying their best to get audio from a ton of people. All at once. Right. So I could definitely see why the audio didn't quite work that way. But they're also new at it. I'm not saying to give them grace. Like, I love, like, challenging people to do better. Uh, but uh, I, I can definitely see, like, they didn't know how to do it. Um, I, I powered through the episode with Earl Sweatshirt and Justice and, and whatnot. And I think that their format is a little... But... People tend to like it. I had a, 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 a quarter million views when I watched it. I think they'll be fine. 
Yeah. And 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 uh, they talked about Joe a little bit, and Maul was saying that like their his whole experience with Joe was cap. That's what I saw. Yeah. I saw that clip. Yeah, seems like Maul's still a little bitter. Well, I don't think anything has been solved, and that's what they said. I think they're done as friends. I don't think there's you could go back. At, at least yeah. if Maul is true to what he says he is, right? Because I don't know if uh, one, I don't see how this is the first time that this has ever happened to Maul with Joe because it seems like. This is just who Joe is kind of thing. But mm. the way that Joe did it, I think I think Joe has truly become a podcaster where everything is fair game on his pod. Mm. I don't think he has a personal life anymore, like, to keep stuff off of the air. Like, he just is always figuring out a way to create new content. And if that means, um, you know, throwing Maul and Rory under the bus, he's going to do that. And I think that's where Maul's the most upset is that, everything happened publicly Mm -hmm. versus just keeping it private and malls from what i see seems like a private person Mm -hmm. so to see now that everything is so messy out in the out in the public i don't know if that's like mall stance but he seems to be riding with it you know like what can you do yeah what can you do uh i i think that there's a lot Ha- that happens behind the scenes like joe doesn't he, he definitely doesn't tell us everything but uh i i do think that like as friends ugh, the the tough thing is, is like when you have somebody like joe who like sees himself as so much greater than he sees himself as more deserving then and you can tell that like even with the new guys he kind of goes back to like he's very controlling of what they can say and the topics that they talk about and all that kind of stuff like you can see that this podcast is his baby and you can't stop me like you can't stop him hey. from you know but the unfortunate part about that is like when you're doing things in a collaborative way things you sometimes you just have to let people do what they do um, even in, in film, like when we're filming something, you know, the director can't, he can control as much as he or she, he or she can control as much as they can control. But like there are limitations to what you're able to do. Um, so I think that it just comes down to what are their, what is your ability um, to lead? Like what is your ability to recognize talent in someone else and offer them the opportunity to be themselves fully? And on, and on the back end side, like, what 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 is your ability to be completely transparent with the people that you're doing business with and it seems like joe doesn't really have that much ability when it comes down to that and he's still learning as well because he was the person who was getting paid before and now he's the person paying right you know i think that also i think it also is being aware of yourself so for example like i think that if joe budden had a whole bunch of um parks on the show mm-hmm. he'd be fine Totally. Because that's the type of person he should be working with. Right. So I was listening to, um, I listened to this uh, podcast with uh, a guy by the name of Curtis Schoon. And he does a show called Politicking with um, Jason Whitlock. And uh, Jason Whitlock just branched out. And now he's partnering up with Blaze TV and doing his own thing. Um, and Curtis Schoon was on there asking jason whitlock about well what are we going to do with this show are you going to put it on blaze and all this kind of stuff and then jason whitlock had an answer he's like you know curtis i enjoy doing this with you but i but as far as like working together and being partners i don't think that would work out for us 
because we're both alphas and at one point or another we're going to get in each other's way so mm. I, i'm i'm ha happy to help you as far as um you know like promote do the show with you uh, promote your stuff and things of that nature but as far as being a show on my platform or you know being a partner with me on my platform i don't think that that would work out and i some people might look at that and be like oh you know he's egotistic all this kind of stuff but i me being like somebody that's run my own business work with people partnered with people before and all this kind of stuff i was like that is a genius person to do that because one he's not it's not going to affect the relationship because you never put yourself in that position mm -hmm. to be able to get to a point where um you could ruin it mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. Joe, I, obviously I don't think Joe Rory and mall probably felt they'd get as big as they actually did. Mm -hmm. They were probably just doing it just to have fun and they thought they'd make money off of it, but they didn't realize how big they would get. Mm -hmm. But I think if they looking back, they probably could be like knowing if we were going to get this big, we probably can't work together mm -hmm. because, or we would, our relationship would have to be, different we would have we can't act like we're friends and do business like we're friends we need to separate this and be business partners where what they try to do at the end they should have done that from the start right. have their lawyers be involved create contracts not just handshake friendship all that kind of stuff right. and they would have been fine that self-awareness i think is super important mm -hmm. um that a lot of people don't have they're just like oh we could make it through and there's stresses that come with you know business with um you know with uh relying on people like being friends like you can um you could be unreliable and people will be like, ah, oh, man, that's just him or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then when business is involved and you're unreliable, that's mm -hmm. a completely different, you know, Absolutely. type of thing. So Absolutely. it's like, it's like, I think people don't realize that. Um, and that self-awareness is important. I think Joe Budden can be the center of attention and all things can run with him. He has to be self-aware as far as who he brings on the show. Right. Cause he can't have any alphas on there with him because an alpha won't put up with Joe. And Joe, as much as he wants to act like he wants, he wants constructive criticism and all that kind of stuff. No, he doesn't. No, he, doesn't. No, no. he wants yes men. That's why Parks is perfect for him mm -hmm. because Parks has no opinions anti Joe. It's gonna be whatever here and there, but it's not hard opinions. No, no, it's it's. It's not hard opinion. He's not gonna. He's not gonna fumble his back. He's not gonna put himself in a position where he gets fired from Joe because he relies on Joe for everything. Right. Right. So. There's no way he's getting the real from Parks right. because Parks is indebted to Joe or feels like he needs Joe. You can't be in, you can't get the truth from somebody who feels like they, that, that feels like they need you. Right. And those are the type of people that Joe likes to surround himself by. Absolutely. I don't know if you listen to the show anymore, but I heard him say that he doesn't have the cash app deal anymore. I I I stopped listening to Joe when everything became black person versus white person. I'm like, come on, bro. Like mm. when Joe started putting on the cape, talking about he's fighting for all these injustices and all this kind of. I'm just like, man. Like, <laughs> talk to me about album breakdowns, bro. Like that's why I listened to you in the first place. Right. You telling me you're the most oppressed person in, in like I'm just like, dude. Right. I would trade my life for your life any day of the right, week right, as right. far as like financially and with like what the opportunities you have and all this kind of stuff. Right, right, right. Sheesh. All right. Let's uh, let's round it out. Uh, I, I'm interested in going a couple places next month. Do you guys have any suggestions? Uh, as far as like traveling? Mm -hmm. 
I thought you just said you're going to Costa Rica and Hawaii. Those are all for work. Oh, you trying to go like vacay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to like go kick my feet up. <laughs> I'm different now, bro. Like I like I I I like stuff that's gonna uh, be like nature bound. Yuck. You want to go see cities? Um. Okay, so I don't necessarily want to go see more pavement. You know, like we're here in LA, which is like you know concrete jungle. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be stuck in the forest. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I want, like, something kind of, like, in the mixture of, of the of like, a you little city, a like little bit of... Santa Barbara, San Jose. You could get, like, half beach, half... No, I can fly I think, now. No, I can fly now. I think you should well, go Ocean City, Maryland. Just because you can, don't have Ooh, to. what is that? So it's like... So one thing about our like culture out here on the west coast like our beaches everything is different on the east coast the vibes are much different in the oceans and stuff like that maybe it's the pacific ocean Mm. or whatever but um it's not as like party as our beaches are oh so like there's a lot more like ocean beach is pretty cool like a lot of stuff really great seafood and stuff like that i don't think i don't know yeah you're not into seafood but it's just like a different vibe um Atlantic City is more of like the party vibe. Like okay. if you want to go there, mm-hmm. I know you're trying to stay away from Florida. So like, um, <laughs> yeah, I have a, why don't you do like Nashville? Yeah, that would be dope. Nashville, like Memphis. There. Nashville got hella food. Yeah, there. yeah, I would definitely go do that. Memphis, like you, dude, that's pretty dope. Um, Chicago is always a dope place to go. Chicago is just out there. Chris yeah, out there. Chicago in the summertime is great. Like they have. Well, I don't know about COVID time, but like. Before COVID time, well, everything's summertime. open now. Well, but they they usually have all of these like festivals and mm. and food fairs and stuff like that. I don't think they're doing that stuff now. Sick. Um, but um, another place uh, is Denver. I so Colorado's high on my list mm-hmm. of places I want to go. Just because, like, even though I'm not a super nature naturey person, the, just the views over there of what I've heard, yeah, like screen, screensaver type stuff. Yep. Yeah, I would definitely go see that. Unless they got bobcats in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay right here. And then always Hawaii, man. <laughs> There's bobcats. Oh, I've never been to Hawaii. Dude, you need Me to either. go. You've been to wow. Hawaii? I've never been. Yeah, I've never been. I have. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Which uh, island did you go to? Um, I've been to Oahu. I've been to Maui. And I've been to Honolulu. And I've been to the big big island. I saw a volcano, actually. Active volcano. Wow. Yeah, we you did a vacation? helicopter helicopter ride. Yeah, I was out there for a week. Damn. Yeah, yeah. But if you had to pick one island, I'd say Maui. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'm back. I want to go somewhere because next month is looking a little slow. So, like, you know, why not just go? Take advantage. Yeah, take advantage. Jamaica's always nice. Treat yourself. I went to Jamaica uh, 21 years ago. Yeah. The all-inclusive resorts. Crazy. No other way to vacation. All right. We in there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else? No, nah, I think we should just like, um, you know, everybody that's paying attention to us and like uh, watching us, we're, we're starting to make some moves yep. as far as like uh, pay attention to our social medias. Like if you could like um, 
you know, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel, obviously. Yep. Um, share any videos that you see. Get on our Instagram. We're making some moves, getting some people added to the team to help us uh, expand the platform. And uh, we want you guys to engage, too. Any comments that you guys can put on our videos or messages that you send to the Instagram, our Twitter. Um, we want it. We want we want to hear from you guys as well. So. If you if you guys feel like uh, letting us know about what you guys think, please do. It's always uh, welcome. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.